So if you'll say this with me, the word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Hallelujah. You can be seated. God's word is powerful and it has the power in it to produce whatever it is sent to. And today we're going to talk about view from the top. And uh, when I was in Tulsa, I was in Tulsa the week before last, and uh, I went over to the university at ORU. That's where I was in 1979 when God healed my life. And I went up there, and I was sitting up there just looking out over ORU and then over where Victory is now, which used to be a walnut grove, that we happened to be there when it was a walnut grove. And today it's a a large building. Uh, They seat about 5,000 in their sanctuary. And the time we were there, they were meeting in the Maybe Center. But uh, God has not only built that university, built all of that city of faith and those complexes, which I was there in 79 when they were doing that. But then I looked down over the hill and there sits Victor Christian Center across the street, which when we were there in the very beginning was a walnut grove. But God's view from the top is a lot different than our view on the ground. And I don't know if you uh, remember there back in, I don't know, maybe 2004, there was, uh, I think maybe even Joyce Myers, the one who talked about it, but how we need to soar with the eagles and not live on the ground like the chickens. You know, uh, chickens are pecking around on the ground. They can't see anything except other chickens and the rooster. And so, you know, that's just their life. But uh, the life of a believer is to soar above circumstances and have the view that God has, which is high above what we can see. And uh, I really felt to share this message today for Mother's Day because I believe that women are very vital in the kingdom of God. I believe that God created us for a purpose and a destiny. He created all mankind for a purpose and a destiny. But I believe that uh, today's a day to honor mothers, but I believe it's also a day to encourage women to take their position from uh, the top, not not viewing what we face on an everyday basis. And uh, I was on my way to Tulsa, and my friend uh, Deborah sent me a picture. She was in New York, and she was up high in a hotel. Actually, she was in Newark. Uh, New Jersey. And she said, Hey, this is my view this morning. And uh, she showed me this view, which was lower Manhattan. And then she had this picture, which is the very tallest building over there at the top in the center is the Empire State Building. But up there, you know, it doesn't look the same as it does when you're down on the ground in those buildings in New York. You can't see anything. You were there, weren't you, Courtney, not very long ago? And you're just surrounded by buildings. You you don't see that view from the top. Well, the a couple days later, my son, Matt, uh, he took Wednesday off when I was there. Now, if any of you have ever heard my son, Matt, he's pretty funny. And he loves to do crazy stuff. And uh, so we were riding in the car, and uh, we got in the car. Now, when I get in the car with Pastor Bill, the radio goes to the moon and back with Elvis. I mean, the volume is so high. The neighbors wonder about us. I mean, only teenagers do that. But Pastor Bill, you won't, I mean, you can't even stay by the car. It's so loud. It goes everywhere. Well, I jump in the car with Matt and he does the same thing, turns the volume up, only it isn't Elvis. And this is, this is what I encountered that day. This was my view for that afternoon. And I got so tired. about 45 he's got his hands off the wheel and he's going come on 
mom, sing with me. I said, I don't know the song. Well, he said, you have to know the song. Lori knows it. I said, well, I don't know it. But, I, but after this is after he sung the whole thing. I mean, I just got the last chorus videoed. But he had me laughing so hard. So I sent to Lori the video. And she, at school's just getting out. And I said, hey, Lori, this is my view this afternoon. Well, I get this back from Lori. And this is her view. <laughs> As you can see, I have great control over. Oh, there's a chair that just got thrown on the floor. People jumping up and down. Yeah, and here's my desk. Nice job, huh? So this is my day, Matthew. This is my day. Feel free to join me. Anytime. He looked at that. He said, no thanks. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, I just kept hearing this thing about the view. I'm thinking about doing a ladies meeting in June and uh, it's going to be the view and we're going to have a panel and we're going to be discussing things. But uh, I don't know why God's just put this in my heart, but I think sometimes we can get our view uh, distorted by circumstances, situations, things that we see. But, you know, uh, God sees from such a much better perspective because he sees from the beginning to the end. You know, the li- uh, our life, it says in the Bible, is a vapor. Uh, so, you know, God has seen, since he created heaven and earth, he has seen all that has happened. And when we have our confidence and our trust in God, then we're able to look from a different perspective than what we face every single day. And uh, Genesis 131, it says, when God got done creating everything, he said it was very good. Everybody say very good. <laughs> so his view of all that he had created was everything in the earth, whether it would be animals, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, whatever, it was all very good. And I think sometimes we look at things that are happening in the earth and we say, this is not very good. But I believe God sees from that other perspective. And uh, it says in Psalm 24, 1 and 2, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And then it even says in verse 2 of 24, for he has founded upon the seas and established it upon the waters. He has made sure that the foundation of this earth, the world itself, the whole universe is established and it's founded upon him, founded upon his word and who he is. And God is truth. God does not lie. So whatever for your life, for my life, for others' lives, that God has seen from your mother's womb, the Bible says in Psalm 139, that's, that's all taking place from God's view. Now I'm, uh, I'm thankful that God shows us sometimes his view. And then we begin to release faith to see that happen in the earth. But, uh, just like others have said, you know, when you get close, like Ed said, when you see something, and you get excited, it's, it's, the excitement takes you for a while. But then these things rise up around you and say, that's not really going to happen. But we need to go back to the Word of God. And I want to look today at Isaiah 55. It says in verse 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways 
nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth bring, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread for the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So the words that God has over your life, I believe he gives them to us to begin to say over our life. Now, uh, I have been guilty. I'm, I'm sure as most of you that I've always said what God said about me. And I learned um, in about 2005, God gave me a thing to say over myself every day. I didn't even believe it. You know, it seemed like that wasn't who I really was. In fact, it was uh, that radio announcer, Rush Limbaugh. And, you know, he always said he's God's gift to the world or something. I forget what his saying was, but I thought that's an arrogant person. Until God said to me, no, all, all my people are gifts to the world. Everybody should feel like they're a gift to the world because God's placed us in the earth to be a gift, to be a bright light, to be a encouraging word or whatever it is. And when he sows that into us, then no matter what we feel, see, or think, if we operate in that word, we will see what God says right here. It will not return void. It will come to pass. And uh, in my Bible, it says these things. It says thinking beyond. Everybody say thinking beyond. You know, um, I don't know about you, but I can get caught right up with the chickens and not think beyond where I am. And it says, light is more powerful than darkness. Truth is stronger than error. There's more grace in God's heart than sin in men's hearts. Isn't that good? It says, there's more power in the Holy Spirit to convict men of sin than there is power of Satan's forces to tempt men to sin. Everybody say God is greater. I was glad they picked that song today. Uh, this one says there's more power in one drop of the shed blood of Lord Jesus to cleanse men's heart from stain of sin than there is in the accumulated filth of men's sin since Adam and Eve. You know, that's a lot of power in the blood of Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah 29, we all know that one. It says, I know I have, I know the thoughts that I have for you. See, he's in Isaiah 55. He said, my thoughts and my ways, they're not yours. He has thoughts about you. And uh, you may think, well, I don't even know today if God knows where I'm at in this process. Oh, he does, you know, and uh, we're going to give the ladies a little gift at the end that says there's joy for the journey. Uh, some days it's not as joyful as others in the natural, but there's always joy for the journey. If you believe that, if you believe that the word of God is capable of doing in your life what God has called you to do. And uh, sometimes it is a wait. Um, but it says in Amos 3, 7, God never does anything. Now, this is in the old covenant unless he reveals it to his prophets. Now, we have the blessing in the new covenant of the Holy Spirit revealing things to us. But it says God doesn't do anything without first revealing it. Everybody say, first he reveals. Whether he reveals it to you or to me or in the earth today, there are prophets and prophetesses. And he reveals things to those people. Now, we can, you, we can believe what they say, uh, or we cannot believe what they say. But I have found in my years in ministry, about 30 of them, that it's good to pray when somebody who is um, accredited 
as a prophetess or a prophet, that it's good to listen to that and ask God if what they're saying is true. Because what a prophet or a prophetess says is not going to be seen at the moment they say it. So the only way to know it is by the spirit. And the only way to find out what it is, is to ask God and not say, I don't believe that. David Wilkerson prophesied back in the year right after I got saved, which was in 1976. And what he prophesied back then, if you read it today, we are living it. But in 1976, it certainly didn't look like that. And uh, I was reminded, I just happened to be on the internet and I, I don't even know how I got to this, but um, this is a video I want you to listen to of Pastor Billy Joe Doherty. He's with Sid Roth. Um, and I think it was in 1991 that God spoke to Billy Joe a word, but it was by a prophetess. It was a woman at Victor Christian Center named Jeannie Wilkerson. Um, she was a true prophetess. I mean, it was when she would speak, you didn't even want to move. It was like God had stepped into the room. And uh, I remember uh, when Bill was an intern student and uh, she wanted to meet with the intern students. And she, there were just about six of them. And she said, bring your spouse. Well, so I got to go with Bill. And we're sitting at this table and she's there. And when she would talk, she would talk in English. And then all of a sudden she'd start speaking in tongues. And then, you know, you just wait, and then she'd come back again, and then she'd share some other things. It was like tongues and interpretation, or, or she'd come back with a word. And, I mean, you could just, it was like, oh, boy, you know, don't anybody do anything wrong? And any sin you got, get over it right away, because she's going to call you out right here in the crowd. I mean, it was that awesome of a thing. And all of a sudden, she came out of one of those things, and she said, there's a man in this room that God says, you left the business world to follow the things of God. And it has cost you. And he said, and she said, and you know who you are. And when this meeting's over, I want you to come to me and I'm going to tell you, yes, it was you. Well, instantly it was like, it's Bill. I thought, oh dear God, you know, it's, so I didn't say anything. Well, when we left, he didn't go up there. And so I said, Bill, did you think maybe that word was for you? And his typical self, yes. <laughs> and I proceeded as usual to say, why didn't you go up there? And he just looked at me and I thought, don't ask that again. Just don't ask that question. The next day we go and we're all there and she's doing the same thing, telling us things. I mean, standing outside and prophesying to a storm and commanding it to go a different direction and it bypassed. She watched it go right around her. Uh, just things, I mean, phenomenal things, things she had seen overseas with missionaries and things that really had happened. And uh, so we're going along and all of a sudden she stops and she looks at Bill. She said, you're that man. And then she went on. She said, God calls you, stop, God calls you true blue. That's all she said. End of it. I mean, I was so in shock. Uh, and Bill, you know, for a long time, he couldn't even talk about it. Um, and then one day a man in the church who worked in our care ministry sent Bill a card for his birthday. And on that card, now this guy knew nothing, but it says, God calls you true blue. Now that was at way after the fact, everybody say God sees God's view of things is not our view. 
And But when God sees things and you are aware of them and he makes you aware of them, they become so real in you, you know they're going to happen. But it's that time between when you see it and when it happens that is the part where you grow in the trust of God. And so now with that in mind, this is Pastor Billy Joe. Uh, we now return to It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here with Billy Joe Doherty. Billy Joe, over lunch, you were telling me about uh, a prophetess you had in your congregation that started talking to you about the former Soviet Union. 1980, Jeannie Wilkerson prophesied the door of Russia will open suddenly, and all across Russia there will be people who will sweep across and reap the end-time harvest. Millions of people will be saved. I was sitting on the platform, and the Lord said, you're going to be one of those people. Well, she whirled around and said, and your pastor will be one of those. And so I knew it. And she said, the door will close as suddenly as it opened. We prayed through the years, 11 years past, 1991 in March, the Lord said, print a million This New Life books, which is a follow-up book to help people after they get saved, print them in Russian. And we didn't know who or where, but Gilbert Lindsay had just bought a printing press, Russian speaking, <laughs> printing in Minsk, Russia. And we were able to print those million books, didn't know where we would distribute them or who would take them or how they would get out. But shortly after that, Lester Summerall talked to us about going with them to St. Petersburg in August 91. And we were there, Rod Parsley, Ulf Ekman, uh, Dr. Summerall, and myself. And we all preached in the Eskaka, a huge indoor stadium there in uh, St. Petersburg. And that was the time that Gorbachev was taken into custody and the whole Russian empire collapsed as where it had been. The you Soviet just happened Union. to be there. You just happened oh, to have a my. million books. They just happened to be in <laughs> Russian. <laughs> I mean, That's and right. it was prophesied that you were one of the men. That's right. That 11 years before that we would be there. It was God's timing. What did you see with your eyes at that time? Here's a group of people that for 70 plus years are in atheism. There is no God. And, and, and you're telling them about the living God that loves them. What did you see? They were wide open. They were receptive to God. And yet at the time in August of 91, there was terrific fear in their lives because they didn't know what was happening. Every radio and television station went blank and they simply played classical music. So it was a very unusual time. And that's when God said to us, go back because this door is now open. We went back and November and over 25,000 people made recorded decisions for Christ and the Lord said go on 18 months in a row. Describe what it was like. Paint me a picture of what it was like when you would give an invitation for someone to know the Messiah. Well imagine being in something like the Astrodome or Superdome, a little smaller there in St. Petersburg, but they were sitting and the moment we gave the altar call they would come running. And the Lord tell, told me, preach very simple. You, you've got to tell them who God is. When you've lived 70 years in a nation that says there is no God. So they were ready. They were desperate. Everything that lady had prophesied came to pass. Amen. From 1980 to 1991, before he went the first time, and then he went for 18 months, every month they would fly out on Monday morning, and he would get back Saturday night at midnight and preach his church services on Sunday morning. Every month for 18 months, thousands of people were saved, and he had a million books in Russian 
to hand those people. Plus, they took food. They established a church. They established a Bible school. It's still in St. Petersburg today. From God's perspective, it was just another day. Amen? I mean, truly, can you get that? I mean, it's so amazing to me. So, you know, when I go out there and I sit on that up in the city of faith, and I think, God, you took me there in 1979. I had three kids. I was a single mom. I was a nervous wreck. I should have probably been in some kind of a program, a psych ward or something. However, nobody knew, and they were so glad to get rid of me because I caused so much trouble that, you know, they all waved bye-bye, and I went to Tulsa with three kids by myself. But there is where God changed my life because I connected with people who believe like that. People who were willing when God said, do this, you're going to be this, this is what's going to come. I was in a meeting with Billy Joe in May of uh, 19, I don't know, maybe right after Bill graduated, 84. And he said, every person in this room, and I'm thinking, I'm the piano player. He said, every person in this room, God just showed me you're going to go start a work in another place. And out of that work, there will be fires that are started all over that community, all over the world. And God said to me, you will be one of those. I thought, oh, dear God. I was so excited, ran over and told Pastor Bill. And he looked at me and said, we're never going there. (laughs) But God's view was different. Amen. (laughs) I mean, I cried all the way home because I thought, why can't he hear this? God said, shut your mouth and pray because women give birth to things that have to do with their family. And we aren't called to be the blabbermouth Holy Ghost. We are called to be who God called us to be, but we've got to do it. We have to do it. And it was, it was several months, probably, well, no, we left in 89, five years. And Pastor Bill used to say to me, let's just pray because I know we're supposed to start a work. And then he'd get real upset. He'd look at me and say, stop thinking it's Lafayette. It's Indianapolis. Think Indianapolis. And I'm thinking, I can't think Indianapolis because God said Lafayette. (laughs) You know, but we, you know, through that time, there were things that happened, but you have to hang on. Everybody say, hang on. You have to hang on to what God says. Because when God says it, whether it's a prophetess or the Holy Ghost of Spirit of God that speaks that in your heart, he is going to do it if everybody gets on board. And I believe that women play a key role in getting on board for their family especially for their, whether uh, for a husband, for your children. Uh, you know, I had to get on board for my children as a single mom and not expect God to send me a man because I, I tried that. And, you know, you can get the wrong one. I just want to say that. So you want to make sure that you're married to the right one. I mean, I got the right one. Things got a lot better when I got the right one. And, uh, and so the Holy Spirit, Bill was a new Christian. So there were things that I just had to say to the Lord and not to Bill. But I believe God honored that. And I want you to look. It says in um, Proverbs 31, um, and, and this particular part of this scripture, in Genesis, it says we're created male and female. We're both equal in our authority and dominion spiritually. But there, there are, there's order, you know, in the kingdom of God, and there's order in the home. And a woman's role is vital to her family. And uh, as I was reading this scripture, this is always one that stuck out to me. It says she watches. Everybody say she watches. Proverbs 31, a virtuous woman This is what it says. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
And, you know, idleness is when you just go through life thinking, well, this is just the way it is. But as women, I believe we have the authority and dominion in our household to believe this is not the way it is. The way it is is the way God says it is. And the way God says it is is not poverty, is not lack, is not my children doing all the wrong things. And, and even if they do do the wrong thing, I still have authority to get them out of there. Can I say that again? I still have authority to get them out of there. Will I see it this week? It may be 11 years. It may be. But if we stand the gap and pray, we can protect them from situations and circumstances that ultimately could destroy their lives. I believe we have that authority. And this is what it says in my commentary. A virtuous woman not only cares physically for her home, but she is also a watchman. Everybody say watchman. Watchman over the emotional and spiritual condition of her family. Spiritual and emotional. How many of you know uh, the emotional is hard to watch over sometimes? (laughs) Harder than the spiritual. Like that little girl that said, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Now, that was an emotional situation. But her mom didn't say, oh, dear God, she's moving on. No, she didn't say that. But you would say, oh, well, she wouldn't say that at five. Well, there are women that say that at 13. Oh, dear God, my child's going to be a teenager. Don't say that. Say, praise God, they're growing up. They are going to become everything God wants them to be. Don't agree with them over a bad teacher. Tell them this is learning how to deal in life because there's people out there that aren't going to treat you nice. And give them hope, give them power, give them authority. This isn't even in my notes. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Everybody say intercessor. You know, an intercessor is someone who believes the word of God and not what they see. And, uh, you know, every child is different. Every husband is different. I'm just telling you, the one you've got, the the next one wouldn't be much better. So try to get this one right. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm just telling you, this is the main problem in most marriages. I'll tell you the truth. This is the truth. Men are men and women are women. And nobody understands how they work together. Only God. That's my marriage counseling right there. So if you try to switch it up, you're going to run into the same traits because God created us male and female. What we have to find is how that all goes together. And hopefully, you know, uh, in the generations that are coming, I try to encourage my grandchildren. There's somebody special for you that God has. You know, the fact that nobody wants to date you doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means God is watching Everybody say, God's watching. (laughs) And so is your mother, probably. (laughs) And definitely the dad, Bill says. (laughs) Definitely the dad. But, you know, we we want our children and our seed. Listen, they're going to take care of us. Turn to your neighbors and say, oh, boy. You know, they're going to have to know the spirit of God. We We cannot go on what we know. We have to make sure they know. We have to make sure that we fill that role in their life, whether we do it every day or whether we do it in prayer. In Isaiah 62, 6, and I want to read this. I didn't put that up there, but it says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never, everybody say never, hold their peace day or night. Um, Things that are happening in the earth, we have the ability to know. Things that are happening in the heavenlies, we have the ability to know. Because God reveals them to us by the Spirit. And if we take time, we will hear it. You know, I think that what's happened in our generation, my generation, um, and then on down especially, it takes almost two livelihoods today to take care of a family. 
and and I'm I'm a working mom. I always have been a working mom, but I have to force myself to make time to hear from God for my family. I, I have to do that because I get so busy in what I'm doing, and I believe I'm fulfilling the call of God on my life. But I believe it's possible, no matter no matter what role you have to be that kind of person. And uh, it says in Luke two nineteen, God gave me the scripture a long time ago about my children. And, um, you know, sometimes you just, you just don't see it happening. What you think Luke two nineteen, it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, she had been told that Jesus was the son of God. Um, she heard the the prophetic words when she took him to be uh, circumcised and, and took him into the temple. Uh, she, she heard words about him that I'm sure in her heart she didn't understand at the time. But they, it says she pondered them. Now, this word pondered, this is what it means, to weigh in the mind, to think about. Everybody say, thinking beyond. Or consider, especially quietly, soberly, and deeply. Um, Mary was the mother in the manger and the woman at the cross. And she never left her son. If you read the scriptures, you'll see her all the way through. I don't know what she did all that time, but I want to show you a video of what, what it, it's in the movie. I don't know that this happened. It's not recorded in the Bible, but I believe it could have. She was there on that walk to Calvary with Jesus. And this is a scene from that part of the movie that, I mean, when I saw it, I thought that is what a mom has to do sometimes. But we're there till the very end. And, and I've heard mothers say over and over when they've lost a child, a child is not supposed to go before their mother. That's because a mother is the one that's going to see that child to the very end of her life. That's programmed, I believe, in a woman. And when that doesn't happen, there's a huge void that only God can fill. Only God can make it up. But here, here's this video. Father, I thank you today. Thank you for the women in this church. Thank you that they're called by God for such a time as this. 
I thank you, Lord, that you've put in the heart of the women of this earth to be intercessors, to stand to, to the very end, to stand to the very end, not just for the day, not just for the hour, not just for the week, not just when it's good times, but no matter what the times, to be willing to lay our life down for those that you've given us, for our children, for our husbands, for those that are in our workplace, those that you've assigned us, those that you've said, these are yours. These are yours. Lord, I thank you for the women of this church. I thank you that they are godly women and they look out after their children. I thank you, Lord, that, that they, they fill the gap with their family. They stand the gap. And with those that they see around them, they stand the gap. I just want to pray for all the, the moms today. I know that Bill prayed earlier, but um, I want to pray for the moms and then I want to pray for all the men. I want to pray for all the daughters. If you're not a mom yet, just pray for you where you are. Maybe you're here today and you didn't live in a good situation with your mom and there were things that happened that, that really, I mean, there's a lot of abuse that has happened, mainly because the enemy has gotten into situations and circumstances and, and lies have been perpetrated in people's hearts and fear and doubt and unbelief. God is a good God. And the Bible says that we call those things that are not as if they were. So today, I want you to just lift your hand. If You know, maybe there's wounds in your life. Maybe you lost your mom. Maybe, yeah, even if you're a man, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You know, God, God, uh, there are men in this earth that are not doing today what they're supposed to be doing because their mom got in a situation and wasn't who she needed to be at the time. But God is able to fix all that in an instant. In an instant, he can heal you. He can heal you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? We want to pray right now for you where you are. Father, you see the hands. And I pray right now for healing. For healing of emotions and, and things that have gotten in a position where sometimes they're not even able to do what they want to do with their own family, with other situations, with other children, because those memories rise up on the inside and they're not able to, it's like they've become imprisoned, like they become all tied up in knots and they can't go there because of that pain that they feel when they go there. I ask you today to deliver them from that place in Jesus' name and set them free and cause them to remember that no more, but to be able to walk where God has called them to walk and to be who God has called them to be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray for all the women of this congregation that we are observant of those around us and that for people who need a mom, people who need a mom, that we will reach out to them and be that be that role in their life. I know I know that the Lord has shown me over the years in this church, there's many young women that just at that moment need a mom. They need a mom that will love them, accept them, hug them, love them, tell them, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. I thank you, Lord, that you put us in those roles. I thank you for those here, Courtney and Lori, that have children every day, little children that need, that, that absolutely have to have that for their life ahead of them and for teenagers that need a hug and need to know they're loved. Young people, that where that's been missing, God, I ask you in Jesus' name that the women of victory would be women who have a different view. We have a different view. We have a view from heaven 
of every person we encounter, male or female, male or female, that we look after them and we watch after them, that they would be all that God called them to be. And Lord, I pray for all the men of this congregation, that they are godly men in their homes, that they lift up that standard. They guard that home with their life. They tell the devil, you cannot come in this house. This house belongs to God. These, these people in this house all belong to God and they are under my care and I will not permit you to step in here and attack my family in the name of Jesus. That those men in this congregation are known as men who walk with power, authority, with love and mercy, but they do not allow the enemy of this earth to attack their home, to attack their family. For those that are here, men, women in charge of offices and businesses, I thank you, Lord, that you begin to show them we have a responsibility even beyond our home that we watch out for and protect those people that are under our care. And we tell the devil, in this place, you have no authority. I am in this place. God is with me. And you have no authority in this place. I belong to God. This place where I work has been assigned to me. Devil, you are stopped in this place. And I pray for all the people that work in community places that are under the care of this church by someone in this church, that they are watched after, that they are loved, they feel the love of God, and it will draw them, it will lift Jesus higher in this community because we believe the view from the top is still victory. The view from the top in your family is still victory. The view for your life, your children, your wife, for everybody in your household is still victory. Everybody say victory. This is the place of victory in the kingdom of God. We have a mighty place in God. This is called victory, this church, but we believe in victory. Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe. Say, I have the victory. And as for me and my house, we do serve the Lord in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.